Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Welcome to the NASCAR NBC Podcast presented by STP. I'm your host, Nate Ryan. Today, we are in a room inside the Homestead Miami Speedway Media Center where the reigning IndyCar champion has been polite enough to join my very jerry-rigged setup for this podcast. Welcome, Joseph Newgarden. Thank you for putting up with the stool and this chair. Usually, we have a table. Usually, there's a little bit more for a champion. We may be in a closet. <laughs> I think it's a, it's an oversized <laughs> yeah. closet, but yeah. it's, it works. This would be like a walk-in closet for the rich and famous, I think. I told you, this is a grassroots movement for you right now, okay, for podcasts. That's what it's all about. That's what people want, the raw, right. the raw closet talk. That's what we need to know about. You're here to support Brad Kozlowski, who, of course, is your teammate in a non-conventional way, NASCAR, IndyCar, both mm. Team Penske. As I mentioned to you just before we got started, I had Scott McLaughlin from the Supercar Series on the pod, so this is great to have you on as well and complete the trifecta for Team Penske. He was at Watkins Glen to support Joey and Brad there. So you're here to support them as well today. Tell us about like why you feel that's important. Well, it's, you know, it's easy for me. I, I've, I've got one of the best gigs in racing. I can just go hang out with Team Penske wherever they're at, you know. And so it, it's easy to come to the race here. Um, you know, even if, if I wasn't a part of Team Penske, I'd, I'd love being here at these type of events. I got, got to go to the Daytona 500. I'd never actually been to that early in the year, so I was really excited about that. Um, but it also, you know, I think being a part of the group, it adds a little more fun to the race. You know, now I have someone that I'm kind of invested in myself. As a, as a driver, you know, we, we share a lot of resources between the NASCAR and IndyCar programs. And, you know, we're very invested in, in each other's programs and making sure that, that we all do well. So, um, you know, for me, it's, it's fun to be here. Uh, we've got a lot of partners that cross over between IndyCar and NASCAR, so it's a lot of familiar faces, a lot of friends, and and uh, at the end of the day, it's just being at the racetrack. You know, that, I like yeah. being at the racetrack and and having a good reason to go and 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 watch. Hopefully, the team succeed. It's fun for me as a driver. Is some of the camaraderie just born out of the fact that you guys have both IndyCar and NASCAR under the same roof? As you know, Ganassi doesn't have that; they have their teams in separate cities. But you guys are all in the in the same place. Does that help in terms of building that? Or? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, we I get to see these guys pretty often. Um, I hung out with uh, Logano a couple couple weeks ago. We were actually down in Austin for one of our our partners, Shell Pennzoil, and, right? And uh, we were there for the F1 race. Uh, I stayed throughout the weekend. Joey obviously had to go and, and race during the weekend himself. But it's it's fun. You get to we get to see these guys often. They're they're interested in what we're doing on the IndyCar side, and and really, you know, that's the great thing about this sport. You know, there's there's to me been a lot of divide in it over the last you know 15, 20 years. But really, at the core of it, you've got racers that that are interested in just racing in general. You know, it doesn't matter if you're a NASCAR guy, an IndyCar guy, 
sports car, V8, whatever you want to, you know, whatever you're racing, we're interested in what you're doing. We love good racing. So I think between all of us on the on the, the Penske program, we're just interested in what's going on on the other sides of the shop, you know, making sure as a team we're all being successful. You know, if we win the IndyCar championship, we want to win the cup championship too, and, and vice versa. So, um, yeah, I, th- I think it definitely helps a lot that we have all the programs in-house and working together because we do get to see each other often, and, and it, it, it helps, I think, to pull for each other. Are you living in Charlotte? these days or i am yeah, yeah. Okay. i'm in davidson so oh, okay like 15 20 minutes from the shop not too far what's that like to be so far obviously the epicenter for indycar is pretty much indianapolis is it good to sort of be that far outside of Nar- i mean right now you have a team here in nascar that's based in denver colorado that's actually been the favorite and they they talk a lot about the fact that they're not in the middle of the the culture in charlotte and that's actually a benefit is it do you think that helps team penske to be so far removed from indy yeah i mean probably in a way it's a good way to look at it you know you're you're kind of focused on on what you want to be focused on you don't get kind of swirled up in what's going on around you right and that's probably the argument with furniture row is that they've got they've got their own program they're going on and they can focus on that and they don't have any just distractions i think for the indycar side yeah it's probably helpful but i think what's most helpful is that we just have everything under one house you know Mm -hmm. whether it's sports cars the indycar or or the nascar program we get to kind of share resources a lot of times and and really, when you look at it, if you're talking about, you know, damper programs, you're talking about aerodynamics, all these guys can get together and, and kind of work together to make sure they're maximizing their maximizing their own programs. You know, you might be thinking about something in the IndyCar world that doesn't necessarily apply to the NASCAR side, but it might spark some thoughts that, that might be able to apply to, to the NASCAR side and vice versa. So. I think that's really the the bread and butter of, of what helps us as far as the the two different platforms and how we can help each other. And the sports car is only going to add to that element too, um, and I think for me as a driver, I, I just like being in a new environment. You know, I think it's really important to not get comfortable with what you're doing. So for me, it's probably been the best year of, of becoming uncomfortable, coming to a new city, um, you know, figuring out a new race team, a whole whole new race shop, 400,000 square feet compared to 40,000 square feet the year before. I love those type of environments. So for me, that's that's always a good thing. Can you move around in relative anonymity in Davidson and Charlotte versus probably some of the NASCAR guys? Yeah, for <laughs> the most part. Here. But you know what I learned is people pick stuff up so quickly in Charlotte. Like yeah. you they get like a, a glimpse of what you do and all of a sudden like everyone knows about it like I think all my neighbors <laughs> know what I do they, they, they're all up to date every single one of my neighbors is up to date I live in a little like townhome community and there's probably there's only about 20 25 units mm-hmm. but every single unit like knows how I did for each race weekend and I don't talk about it it's not like I'm like you know walking down the street like hey what's up guys I'm an IndyCar driver you know I just uh, won the race this weekend hope you saw that like uh, I don't really, you know, see my neighbors that often, but but as soon as like one person hears about something, everybody hears about it. So yeah. it's uh, you can feel it's a racing, you know, ra- racing environment. You can tell that Charlotte, you know, the North Lake area, it's it's a racing environment, and I don't think it matters if it's NASCAR or IndyCar. I think people are interested in you know what you're doing and how you do. Yeah, that's cool. So your boss, Roger Penske, Joseph, I think invented the term cross pollination. I've lost track of how many times I've heard him say that. <laughs> And it certainly, again, applies to, to you guys with the NASCAR and IndyCar teams. I think you guys share like a, a carbon fiber shop or a composite shop, some shops in that building that produce parts for both sides. And it's interesting to me, though, that I mean, NASCAR, <laughs> compared 
to IndyCar. I mean, you guys, carbon fiber, everything, bodies, mm-hmm. whatever. And NASCAR is just going in that direction. Like, you know, the Xfinity series tried composite cars, composite bodies this year. That It looks like it's going to be a, a fully imp- implemented thing probably for 2019. So I can see a lot of the technology and a lot of the, the things that you guys do on the IndyCar side transferring to NASCAR. But are there things that go the other way? Because it's hard not to look at NASCAR versus IndyCar and think, well, one is fairly prehistoric in some ways in terms of engine and infrastructure and that sort of thing versus the other. Yeah, there's a lot of differences, but you know, at the same time, it's just racing. You know, and I, I think when you, whenever you have different thoughts or a different way of looking at something or a different set of rules, you can help each other. You know, engineers can help each other, mechanics can help each other, and that happens a lot at our team. I work with an engineer that originally came from drag racing, then was in NASCAR World with Team Penske for many, many years. Worked with Brad Keselowski, Sam Hornish. You know, he had no open wheel experience, and then he came over about four years ago, started working with Juan Pablo Montoya, and then worked with me. And, you know, he's one of the best engineers I've ever worked with. And it just it doesn't matter that he doesn't have an open wheel racing background. You know, he's he's been exposed to different racing environments and, and having that sort of flexibility and kind of open open mindedness, I think, has really helped us. Uh, and that, that happens in our shop all across the board. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's the damper program like I talked about or, you know, it's the fabrication programs. Mm-hmm. You know, even though we don't we don't fabricate a car um, on the IndyCar side like they do on NASCAR, there's still ideas or there's still specialists within that world that might have some info that that's beneficial to us. And it, and it goes both ways. You know, it doesn't matter what you're talking about. It's not just IndyCar helping NASCAR and NASCAR helping IndyCar. I think we help each other just as often. And, and that's really why whenever we win a race, we, we bring the whole shop together. I mean, the, the whole shop is there, the NASCAR guys, the IndyCar guys. You know, it's a, it's a victory for everybody. And, um, you know, it sounds kind of cheesy and it's like, oh, one, you know, one of us win, we all win. But it's it's very true. And it's kind of the way that we're modeled. And I think that's why Roger speaks about it. We've made much on this side, Joseph, about when Penske brought in Joey, Brad vouched for him. And Brad was a big part. It seems as if when Team Penske hired him, he was a big part of that rationale. It seems as if you guys all get along fairly well on the IndyCar side. Are there similar personalities that go across IndyCar and NASCAR? Do you guys hang out much? What's that like? Well, I think the hanging out part's tough. You know, I've... um, I've probably spent more time off the track with Ryan Blaney, and that's probably only been one day, you know, like literally one day, because there's there's just not enough time. I mean, first off, I haven't been here enough. I, I just moved to Davidson in January. So pretty much you're, you're kind of starting to get going in the NASCAR world, and and uh, the IndyCar world's certainly starting with testing and everything. So it's t- it's just tough. You know, mm-hmm. if you're – I know for me as a race car driver, if I'm not racing – you know, it's nice to be at home and like getting a little bit of recovery time. Even even in IndyCar, when we have a, a schedule that's much more condensed, it still gets very intense during the year. I mean, you go through the entire month of May and June, it's back to back to back for eight, nine weeks. And so a lot of that, you know, you're just happy to be at home when you have that time. And, and when we're not racing, we're off doing, you know, partner visits or um, press tours or whatever it is. It's, you know, people always ask, what are you guys doing? And I never have a great answer for it, but we're, we're always doing something. I can promise you that, especially with Team Penske. I've, I've traveled way more days than I've ever traveled in my racing career. Um, so it's, it's hard for us to get together, but, you know, everyone gets along really well. I really like Ryan a lot. I think he's, you know, we can probably relate to each other a little bit better because we're younger. Same thing with Joey. Like, I, I really like Joey just because, you know, he, he kind of comes from my generation probably. But Brad, who's maybe a little bit further along, you know, he's still a great guy to get along with too and, and has a lot of knowledge. Seems like, you know, he's kind of like a veteran of the team. You know, he's been around the longest probably within his career. And, but you still get along great with a guy like him. So there's, there's really not a lot of animosity, you know, on the IndyCar side we're super competitive and it it does get tough because 
we're so good on the IndyCar side as a team that you're racing your teammates for the championship. And that just creates an intense, difficult environment. But, you know, this this team mantra that we operate off of, I, th- I think it really helps push us um, to be a, a good operating unit together and make sure that we're on the same page. Because that's ultimately, that's how we get the most out of each other yeah. is the way we work together. So we, we try and keep that at the forefront i mean i'm sure it's different on the indycar side than the nascar side when team penske hired you you were the hottest prospect i think in the series and the hottest free agent naturally you were probably gonna be the guy they picked but was there any sense of vetting do you know if roger went to elio or <laughs> pagino or, or will power and said hey we're thinking about bringing in this new guy what do you what do you think i'm sure there must be you yeah. know because i talk about that with my old team you know the mm-hmm. team that i was at when when you're talking about drivers coming in you always want to get the opinion of the people that are currently there. So I, there must have been. You know, I don't know what those talks were. <laughs> I have no idea if I get good or bad reviews. but um, <laughs> I'm sure all positive. <laughs> I don't percent. No idea, right? But but for sure, there's there's always discussion that goes on, you know, and, and you want to bounce things off your colleagues and make sure that you're you're happy with someone that you're bringing into the circle. Because, you know, like, you're just, I'm just rounding back on it. But at the end of the day, we're, you're going to bring someone in that's going to work with you and you want that working relationship to be right. Uh, and really, you know, the first time I sat down with Tim Sindrick and had lunch and, you know, we sort of discussed potentially doing this, that was the big question mark for them. You know, we think you can do the job. I've been in IndyCar for four or five years, so they, you know, they knew what I had done. They, they'd seen me on track. They'd seen me off track. They, they knew what I was like. But, you know, what are you going to be like in a working environment? And will this working environment fit you? That's right. kind of how Tim put it to me. And I was like, well, I don't know. But I, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that I can adjust or mold myself how, how, need, how need be. And, and fortunately, I didn't have to do much of that. It was yeah. actually a very natural fit for me. And they're really good about bringing you on and making sure that you have everything you need and that you're comfortable and you have the right people around you. And and Tim actually came and onto my stand this year to make sure that that transition was as smooth as possible. So, you know, there's definitely talk of will you fit into the environment and will you be a good you know, working um, person within the environment. So I think that's always a, a chat that everyone has. Well, I would think it would be seamless. I mean, you certainly, I'm sure you've been told this, you seem like Penske material. So <laughs> you seem like the, the type of guy they would want to hire, regardless of who your teammates are. People told me that. I don't I, I don't know what that means 100%, <laughs> but... Um, it's just a Seinfeld reference it, that people, I think, used to have fun with. Maybe yeah. it was, yeah. maybe it was. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's been, a, it's been awesome. You know, I mean, I think driving for Roger, he's a different character than a lot. You know, you, you get to meet a lot of people within the industry. When you meet Roger... You know, it's a different sort of experience than you get with most, and he's just one of the most professional people you'll you'll ever meet. And I know a lot of people get. I, I'm telling you, it's the funniest thing to me because a lot of people get so mad at us because we seem so cookie cutter. There's this process we need to have. There's these sayings we need to tell people. We all get along. It's it's all internal. But um, you know, Roger really leads that by example, and that's how he is. You know, that's how he runs his businesses. That's how he runs his race teams. And it works well. I mean, once you get involved in it, you can see that it works really well. Yeah, absolutely. Hard to argue with track record of success. So you said you've been to the Daytona 500. Is this your second cup race that you've been to? Or? This year. And I, I, was, okay. I was hoping to go to more, but this is the second of the second year. Second one this year. So when you go to these races, Joseph, what do you look for? And are there things that just walking around before you got here, I know you're going out in the garage after we're done. Are, are there things you're, you're looking for that NASCAR does different from IndyCar that you think could transfer? Or you get, hey, there's something they do that maybe we should think about doing. What are you looking for, I guess, when you're walking around? like this yeah i mean i think you're looking at everything um you know a lot of it's very similar there's some stuff that's different like the driver meeting for instance when we have our driver meeting there's there's no one in there aside from 
the drivers, essentially, the team managers, yeah. you know, kind of the, the critical people that need to actually have that information. I would argue that's a more effective way of doing it, by the way. <laughs> I mean, we have a, I'm not knocking anything because I, yeah. I like both sports. It's not, yeah, hey, yeah. IndyCar is better, but yeah. it's, you know, we have a real driver meeting. Like, we're, right. this, it, it's more of a show that's put on here for the driver meeting with NASCAR. Sure. But at, at the same time, if I was a fan, it would be awesome. If to you're be a sponsor VIP and you're in there, hey, this is why I'm spending money, right? It's yeah. pretty cool. You yeah. know, I mean, you have like graphics going, you got like mm-hmm. video games on the screen showing you everything. It's it's a neat production, but you know, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of actual talk of what you're going to do. Like what our driver meeting is is a real driver meeting amongst everybody to understand. You know, if there's questions, we all know the rules. Right. We go over them every weekend, but there's always right. these questions that pop up. And and I'm sure these guys have different meetings at certain times where they have that too but it's you know those procedures that you go through on sunday it's just different you're gonna you're gonna go to a different type of driver meeting on sunday so little things like that are different but you know at the same time you're you're still working a schedule i look at it as okay what did the driver have to do he wakes up what's his schedule look like and i I like comparing that to what we have to do in indycar and it's different but at the same time it's the same thing you're just working a schedule you're trying to get mentally prepared you're trying to work with your team you're trying to make sure you're in the right spot to win the race that day. So yeah. you, you look for those little differences, but then at the same time, you, you notice it's just the same thing at the end of the day. Your driver meetings are more like if people have seen the movie Senna or have seen F1, actually, I think posted a video of the Austin F1 driver's meeting, which yeah. is just a bunch of guys sitting around really talking shop about process and ground rules. And I would think your guys are, are similar, right? Yeah. And it's actually the, the F1 ones were hilarious to look at because that does happen in driver meetings really? where you have these, you have some people that are just always pissed off. You know, they're just, <laughs> they always have something negative to say, or, you know, especially if they have something against another driver, they just don't like him. And they, yeah. they you know, they could do anything wrong. Like I saw Lewis didn't throw his trash away today. And like, <laughs> I think he should get penalized for that because right. you know, what's going on here, guys, are we trying to be eco-friendly or what? And, and it'll be the stupidest argument, but people have that. And we have a couple guys like that in the IndyCar. I won't name them, but there's a couple guys that get like that. And they always have a question. You know, yeah. they've always got a problem with something. Yeah. And uh, it doesn't it doesn't take over the whole meeting, but you you have little portions of the meeting that get like that. That's amusing. It sounds like a homeowner's association. Oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. So the standard issue question is, do you ever want to race one of these? Have you talked to Roger about that? When Scott McLaughlin was on here, he was certainly giving hints that, yeah, he'd like to try it someday. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you know what? Scott would probably be a better guy to put in to be honest you know he's he's used to more of a sedan type vehicle you know he's used to the weight of that he'd probably transition a lot quicker than a guy like me but would i like to try it hell yeah Yeah. i would absolutely (laughs) i i actually love the idea of it i'm so interested in the nascar side i'm all when i go to the shop i actually walk through the nascar side pretty often uh, pretty much every day just to see what's going on you know meet people uh see how they build the cars i find it fascinating because it What's cool about it is it, it's so different than the IndyCar. You know, we talk about the type. I mean, you're talking about a you know a carbon monocoque tub, single seater. It's very different. You know, the, the the stock car is you know 60 year old technology that's been like rubbed on mm-hmm. for that many years, and they've made, they've refined it and refined it, and they they're really actually very impressive machines, like super impressive race cars, especially when you look at what they're working with, the rules they're working in yeah. and how old the stuff is, but it's sophistication how, you have to appreciate in a different way. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. It's yeah. I mean, it's just my, blows my mind. So yeah. Uh, yeah, to answer your question, I would love to try it. And I, I think for me, it's it's figuring out a way to convince Roger to let me do that. <laughs> I I don't know the answer yet. I, I, I heard step one is do well at what you've been hired for. And that was- Which you did in year one, yes. That's step one. <laughs> yeah. Everyone okay. said, oh, you 
you go win the IndyCar Championship, go win the Indy 500, then maybe you can get something done in the NASCAR side. So I'm, I need to work on the 500, and then hopefully I can convince Roger to let me try this. <laughs> Oval or road course or any particular track? You know, I actually think I'd like to try ovals. Road courses would be way more of a natural fit. We see guys do mm-hmm. that. You go to Mid Ohio, Road America, and I'd love to do that too. That you know, I got no problem with that, but. I think an oval would be more fun. It'd be mm-hmm. more of a challenge, especially like a short oval. Because yeah. in IndyCar, I really li- I enjoy the short ovals that we go to. So going to like a, a Martinsville, or maybe that's maybe that's not the right one, but any short oval that that these guys go to, I, I think I'd love to try Iowa in an Xfinity car. It just seems like a blast to yeah. me. So I like that. So speaking of crossovers, Joseph, we will have a NASCAR crossover back to IndyCar <laughs> for her final race. Apparently, Danica Patrick is going to run the 2018 Indianapolis 500. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I, I always get excited for that stuff. You know, I, I tweeted out, it's always fun to see who's going to enter this race every year. Mm-hmm. And and it's true. You know, it's the Indy 500. It's one of the biggest races in the world. I won't say it's the biggest. You know, I'll, I'll be very politically correct. But it, it's one of the largest races in the world, right? Sure. You know, you got 350,000 people there on that Sunday. And, and it's it used to be fun to see who was going to be in the race. And I feel like we're getting a little bit more back to that. We've had Kurt Busch come do it. Alonzo was a big deal to come this year. And now, you know, having even having someone like Danica Patrick come back, and, and really at the end of the day, it's kind of her going back to her home right. in, a, in a sense. You know, IndyCar is where she started out. She was an open wheel person, but it's been fun to watch her, you know, come over the NASCAR side and, and, and try that. And, and now to finish her career, it almost seems fitting. You know, the Indy 500 is where she's had her most success. And really, you got to give Danica credit. She was very good at the Indy 500, and I'm excited for her because I think mm-hmm. she'll do a great job. Um, if she's in the right opportunity, she gets a good car. Look, more racers, the merrier, in my opinion. You know, I, I'd yeah. love 60 guys that you know or <laughs> girls to to try the Indy 500. So to have Danica come join us. I think it's great. We're, we're very happy about it, and it'll be fun to watch. So it'll be a seven-year break for her from that race, but do you think then, it sounds like you believe that she could get, even with a new car for next year in the series, you think like she could get back in and be competitive at that race? Yeah, I, I would be surprised if she wasn't in the mix. You know, yeah. I don't know how good she'll be. I mean, these, you know, these guys are good, and, and it'll yeah. probably take some readapting for her. And they are very different cars. So I think that will speak more to her adaptation skills. But also, you know, it's kind of like riding a bike. She started out with open-wheel race cars. I wonder if some of that will come into effect with her. Where she's like, oh, I remember this. This is actually something I really like. I got used to this in the beginning of my career, and I'm happy to have it again. I don't know. I think it's impossible to predict. But if she's, as long as she's in a decent car, which if it's someone like Ganassi, she's going to have that, then I think she'll be in the mix. You know, is she going to win the race? No idea. But she'll be in the mix if she's in a car like that. Have you ever raced against her? No, never. So this is kind of cool. I mean, I presume Alonzo was a new opportunity as well, and Kurt Busch. Like, it must be cool. Like you said, it's great to have these people plop in for the exposure standpoint, but say, hey, I raced against a yeah. NASCAR champion. I raced against an F1 champion. That must be great I th- for you. I think we all crave that. You know, even on the NASCAR side, you know, you bring over good IndyCar drivers or good F1 drivers. It doesn't matter. I think you, you enjoy racing against proven talent within the sport. You know, and you hope they have a good opportunity to, to have a good crack at it too, right? I mean, I, I think that with Kyle Busch, you know, I, Kyle, I know, has a strong interest to come to the Indy 500 one day and do that. And I think all of us, especially me, you know, we'd love to see that happen. You know, you want to see some of the best within the sport try out these other races and race against them. So, yeah, it gives you a lot of joy as a driver to get to go against, you know, some of the best um, or just multiple drivers. You know, you, you really want to be able to race a lot of different guys within the sport and or and gals within the sport. And when you get that opportunity, I think you're always happy about it. You have your own credentials now. I uh, want to wrap up talking championship. You're two months into being the reigning champion. How has the ride been? I understand it's been quite busy. People tell me you've been testing. You've been, as you mentioned, been at the F1 race in Austin. You've been, I'm sure, all over the world. <laughs> How's it been so far, two months in? It's, you know, it's been busy. Uh, for me, 
I'm I'm still trying to figure this whole thing out that, you know, I this year with Team Penske has been like 10 times what I was used to before. Just, you know, so much more commitment and opportunity um, as far as, you know, what you have to look after and take care of, which is a good thing. I think that's what keeps, you know, Team Penske going forward. It's really what helps them operate at the level they do. There's there's a lot of commitments. You know, there's a lot you got to do and a lot of responsibility. But for me, I'm, I'm kind of an introvert. Like I, I shut down after I have multiple days on the road. I had one nine-day stretch after the season where I was up in Detroit doing something for Chevrolet there and then went down to, to Austin, was there four or five days, then did a partner summit directly afterwards for Penske in San Francisco, and that, like, wiped me out. Nine yeah. days on the road for me is, like, excessive, you know, working. <laughs> um, and it just it wears me out because I'm such an introvert and I, I have to, you know, I have to be on all the time when I'm working and kind of heightened, but then I got to draw it back for at least, like, you got to give me a couple of days to recharge my battery. So that's been tough to get used to, but it's it's been so much fun, you know, doing all the travel. And, and I feel, you know, th- there's definitely some truth to this. Whenever you accomplish something like that with a team, you know, you feel a little bit more comfortable. At least for me, I never feel comfortable wherever I go. I'm like, I probably shouldn't be here. I don't deserve to be here. You feel a little bit more comfortable when you win a championship. Yeah. There's, there is some truth to that. You're like, okay. You sound like Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson actually has said that too. He didn't feel comfortable like in his own skin until like the third or fourth championship even, like going to NASCAR and like telling him, hey, I think this is what we should be doing. Like, yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, that- yeah I'm, I'm similar in that. You know, I try and you don't want to be too much in that direction, you know, because I think you want to let your personality come out a little bit and show that to people. But it's, it's hard to not be like that i know for yeah. me naturally i just i'm like i probably don't i i still walk into the shop sometimes at team penske and i'm like people are looking at me weird like i'm in here i get that sort of sense so you feel a little bit more comfortable i think when you win a championship so how many times have you tested the new car just twice okay so i've been out of florida at sebring we tested and we just texted at, uh, tested at texas last week which is going to be different D- yeah I bet. yeah <laughs> do you have a sense for how it'll race next season yeah, I mean, so for us, uh, you know, the big change with our car and IndyCar is, is going to be the aero kit, you know, mm-hmm. and it changes a lot. I mean, we're losing around 1,500 pounds of downforce on a, on a street course, wow. which is pretty significant for us. You know, we're, I mean, when you look at an IndyCar, street courses last year, we were making around 6,500 pounds of downforce at 200 miles per hour, which is, is significant. I mean, if anyone that knows anything about aerodynamics, that's, that's a huge chunk sure. of force pushing your car to the ground. So we're taking off about you know 1,500 pounds of that in, in street course configuration. I think those that's going to have the biggest change are the, are the street course races from what I've seen so far. Uh, the teams tested on a road course, I'll have less change. Uh, and then on the ovals, I think it depends on which one you're going to. We tested at Texas. Wasn't that different? Sebring massively different. Yeah. Cars totally setup's going to have to completely change. Driving styles totally changing. Texas actually wasn't as as different as I thought it would be. But they also have brand new pavement there from this year, so I think that's kind of masking some of it. So it's it's going to change and depend on you know what tracks we go to. But I can I can tell you this: street courses are going to be a totally different ball of wax than they were last year. NASCAR obviously has gone in that direction, cutting down for us, and we've seen drivers as a result at times struggle with that. Do you think we might see caution plagued road course race? next year as you guys try to find those limits i guess i, right? I do i yeah. you know it's a good point because everyone's gonna have to adjust you're yeah. gonna go through an adjustment period where some guys are just gonna make mistakes and until you probably get a year under you where people go okay this is how the car drives now this is the new limit of it we're probably going to go through some of that ourselves but I, I think we all want it i think we all want less downforce we want more horsepower i mean that's what we're driving for um as drivers so 
you know, hopefully we keep pushing in that direction, and hopefully it brings better racing. You know, we had good racing in IndyCar, but we we obviously want to make it better. Everyone wants wants to make the racing product better, so hopefully we can prove that next year. So you've got this today. You have any more testing and any more off season plans? You'd be laying low as an introvert for for the rest of 2017, hanging in 2018. Or? Yeah, there's there's you know we've got um, more testing, like you said. We got more travel days. There's you know Christmas parties at the shop, which everyone looks forward to. So that's going to be exciting. And then I, I think me and my girlfriend are actually going to go uh, to Europe for Christmas this year, yeah. which should be fun. Oh, so cool. we, Where are we you going? Might, we're going to go to Denmark. So actually, uh, some of my family lives in Denmark still. It's uh, it's it's somewhere that I used to go when I was younger, and uh, I haven't been in a long time. So I'm excited to bring my girlfriend over there, and we're going to we're gonna check that out. All right, man. Well, enjoy yourself there. Uh, you certainly have earned that vacation. Thanks so much for wedging yourself into our <laughs> podcast setup in our walk-in closet here at Homestead Miami Speedway. And uh, thanks so much for your time, Justin. Yeah, it's no been problem. really great. Thank you, Nate. We appreciate IndyCar Series champion Joseph Newgarden for sitting down with us. I know he said he was a self-described introvert, but I really enjoyed that conversation. I think Joseph has a lot of interesting things to say and has an affable and appealing way of saying them. And he also did that conversation while holding the famous NASCAR and NBC podcast mic for roughly a half hour. Also, many kudos to Jeremy Troiano of Team Penske's communications department for setting this up on the fly. Jeremy also was key in getting Scott McLaughlin and Travis Geisler on the podcast earlier this year. Team Penske always has been a big supporter of this pod since it started nearly two years ago, and I'm very grateful for all of the assistance the team has provided in helping secure guests. We're in the NASCAR offseason, so we probably will have one more podcast in 2017, my second annual sit-down with indie rock legend and SiriusXM NASCAR host, Mojo Nixon. Watch for that in a couple of weeks. Mojo's always a lot of fun. And of course, as we ring in 2018, I hope to return to a regular weekly schedule of guests and possibly some other twists as well. If you enjoy what you're hearing on the NASCAR NBC podcast, Please leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. We also are available on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, virtually anywhere you can find a podcast, you'll find this one. Thanks again for listening to the NASCAR and NBC Podcast. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... The charcoal mess. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. (laughs) No, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed.